it's Glenn McQueenie, and welcome to my 25-minute success series podcast. Uh, today, a pretty special guest today, we have Owen Lennox from Keller Williams Golden Triangle Realty in Kitchener. How are you doing today, Owen? Great. Yourself? I'm doing great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I want you to just kind of um, maybe just tell the listeners just a little bit about you, where you are right now in your business, um, how long you've been in the business, where you are, and where you'd really like to go with your business. And then we're just going to work through it. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so, yeah, as you said, it's uh, Owen Lennox. Um, I've been in the industry for about 20 months now, so fairly fresh. Um I kind of had a, an interesting start, I guess. I had an automotive background and decided that I wanted to kind of take my career into my own hands and, and control my, my income. And that's where I decided to take the leap into, uh, into real estate. I had an investing background, so that's where I got a majority of my firsthand knowledge. And yeah, I had a, had a very good start, I guess. I, uh, within the first uh, two months, I had five listings and it was a bit of a sink or swim when I got into the industry, um, my wife was going to be on maternity leave within the first month or two. So we had no other income coming in other than our uh, our investment properties. So it was a really good start and uh, had a successful first year. We sold about uh, 21, did about 21 transactions in our first year. So to me, That's that amazing. was over over what I expected. So yeah, can't can't complain. You know, 21 transactions in your first year would kind of put you at the top of the class, you know, for most agents. Um, and so, congratulations on that, because that's like a lot of work to go from zero to 21 transactions in your first 12 months um, is probably going to put you in the top one or two percent of all the realtors out there. So yeah, that's pretty two, good. Two of those transactions were people I knew before; the rest were all brand new business. So wow. that was uh, so fairly exciting for me as well, getting to know a lot of people. Yeah. So where did you get all the, your new business from then? What were you doing? Um, when I was going through my schooling, I tried to do as much because I heard the schooling helps you to not get sued <laughs> and, and not a whole lot about the actual real estate business as a whole for, for running your own business, right? So I kind of tried to learn from as many different mentors as I could. And I took a very large liking to the for sale by owner market. Um, so for a lot of people I talked to, the for sale by owner market was the best way to get immediate business. You didn't have to have a, a downstream of 90 days of lead generation and getting things filled up. If it was, you've got people with their hand up basically asking you to, uh, to work with you, right? And I just have to figure out a way to make it work uh, as a win-win for them as well as for myself. So that was where my business kind of took off uh, a little bit faster than most, I guess. Well, you know, I think it's so great what you just said there. It's like they've already got their hand out. They're what we call the visible prospects, right? Yeah. And it's so interesting in our industry where, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, no, you got to go to an arc two hours a day. you got to go cold call two hours a day. And I'm not saying it doesn't work. If that's what you really love to do, then I think it works really, really well. But from probably 80 90% of the agents, they're trying to find, they're going after basically invisible prospects and hoping that if they talk to 100 people, that three people might say, yeah, I might be interested. So you cut that whole thing out and just kind of said, hey, um, you've got a problem. You want to sell your house. You made a choice to sell it yourself, which I think is great. Um, I'm going to come and meet up with you. We're going to see if we can help each other. And if there's a win-win solution, then we can work together, right? 
So is that kind yeah. of your mindset? Yeah, yeah, that was that was exactly it. It was just kind of finding out where they were coming from and what they were looking to achieve. And uh, again, I didn't take every listing that I came across as I was picking and choosing what ones I thought um, I could work well with. And we had a, uh, a nice relationship. And yeah, it, it, it worked out very well. I had a 100% success rate of every listing I took uh, went to sale and completion. So um, I had a nice track record as well so that i think that helped build my confidence as well as uh, the clients that i was dealing with sure so where do you want to go with your business now where would be it so let's imagine um it's a year from now uh, you've had the best 12 months ever and we're on this call again just chatting about your best 12 months what would have to happen for you to sit there and go wow that was glenn that was amazing had my best 12 months um, well, I just in February hired a uh, uh, admin, uh, so I'm I'm currently looking for another agent to to help me out, and I'm trying to as, as you've taught before is find find my niche, and so far my niche has been kind of working with the sale by owner market, um, but I'm fairly heavily involved in in investing, so that's where I'm looking to take my business to the next next stage and. And yeah, get get into the uh, almost exclusively uh, investor crowd, and be able to have a lot of referral and repeat business from those uh, from those investor clients. Right. So let's take a look at who your perfect client avatar is right now, and what you're going to find is, you know, and you know, my book, The McQueenie Method, on the front page, it says just bring you to your target market, right? So yeah. what you'll find is we're really in the mindset attracting business. We're not really in the, um, you know, your niche could be investment properties, but there's a lot of investors you would never want to work with. Yeah. And there's other investors who you would just be, if I could just find more of those identical people, I could build a really massive business, right? So who yeah. does your perfect client look like? Like how old are they? Um, where are they now? Where do they want to go? And what's the unique problem that you want to solve for them? Um, age, uh, just because of financials, I'm probably looking into mid forties and above. Um, but I do, ideally, I do really like, uh, working with, uh, young investors as, as I'm fairly young myself. So being able to help, uh, grow their, basically their net worth by, by showing them proven methods to, uh, to investing in the real estate industry. And, and getting some solid returns uh, that are very hard to find in in any other in other any other uh, basic market. Mm. Well, I think what it's I think the irony with um, when you talk to people who um, aren't investing in properties now um, to talk to them about investing, their first kind of hesitation is, oh, I don't want to be a landlord. Like it's just this default closed mind. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be a landlord. And I always find it so ironic going that all the people who are landlords never sell their properties. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, all the people who don't want to go into it think it's such a hassle. And I always wonder, like, maybe those people who own all the properties are just telling everyone else it's such a hassle so they don't compete with them anymore. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> so weird to me, you know? Yeah. So... um so what is keeping – so if you had to choose right now, young or mid-40s, who do you feel most comfortable working with? Um, 
probably the the mid mid 40s I, i've done obviously more of more of it um and uh and i do find a bit of a i guess a strange relationship there where um i have to kind of break down those those barrier walls is there is a bit of a stigma with me being a, a younger realtor investor um that uh, i just kind of have to prove myself i think a little bit more than than maybe a, an older agent would have to do, um, but once once we get past that, I feel like the the relationship and bond is is a little bit stronger because they see what obstacle I've overcome in in a short period of time and and can build that rapport a little bit stronger. Um, I feel with clients. Right. Okay. Well, you're gonna find that too. Like I I got into real estate when I was 23 years old and. Um, you know, my first, like all of my sales were all with people a lot older than me and luckily got some friends who referred their parents, which was awkward too, you know, because you kind of, you know, they used to take you to Wonderland when you were 10 and all of a sudden now you're <laughs> yeah. selling their their whole biggest asset of their life. Um, but I think what people are looking for is at first they're going to judge you on your age, but they're really looking for, will this person bring the right amount of value that I need? Um, yeah. Do they know what they're talking about? Do they walk their their walk, talk their talk, um, or walk their talk rather? Uh, and and I find that it's just that blip almost. You know what I mean? There's like a blip, and people go, "Boy, you're young," you know. And then once you start talking, all of a sudden they it just they forget about it, you know, because yeah. you're there to solve their selfish problem, right? Correct. Okay, so let's picture this mid forties person. What's keeping them awake at night? What's their biggest fear and aspiration that we can um, like devise a lead generation strategy that will tap directly into that fear or aspiration? Um, I think a lot of the investors I've spoke with is just uncertainty for the uncertainty for the market. Um, there's been a lot of talk about market fluctuation and. Um, I think it's it's a long term it's a long term strategy. Is we're not looking to do what's happening in the next six months to a year. Is uh, we've seen steady growth in in any ten year cycle, and and that's what I'm kind of looking to tap into is is long term wealth accumulation, um, not short term flips. So isn't it ironic that when everyone else is lining up to buy investment properties and probably overpaying for them, a lot of people buy investment properties, and then when the market turns, the smart investors actually go and buy them, and the dumb yeah. investors sit there and go, oh, no, the the market's going to crash. No, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I really think there's great deals in any market, you know? And we recently did this thing with our agents where I sent them this email saying, um, you know, it was more of a conversation about overcoming buyer reluctance right now in this market, in a kind of shifting market that we're in right now. And what I was saying in the email is, it's not the price, it's really the interest rate that matters the most. And when you're buying, whether buying your own resale home, you know, a $400,000 home at 2.7% would maybe carry for $1,830 a month. But at 4.7%, it's like $2,300, but you pay like maybe 150000 more in interest on that loan over the time. Yeah. And if even if prices drop to three twenty five, dollars but you're at 4.7%, your monthly payment is $1,835, and you're still paying way too much interest on it. And I yeah. think for investors, the biggest thing that – like 
you know, I think we have to get really clear on what investing is, and it isn't speculating. Investing is really minimizing your risk in order to maximize the, your long-term wealth creation, right? And if you're buying like investment properties, you're really looking at number one is what are the market rents, and you can figure that out pretty well, right? Yeah. Just by doing a market rent study or just seeing what everyone else is renting for. You can see, okay, what is my interest rate? And you can do the numbers, and then you could lock that rate in for five or ten years right now, which I would totally encourage everyone to do right now. Yeah. Number three is we can get a home inspection done on the property by a really good home inspector who tells us what our variable capital costs are going to be over the next period of time. right? And then we have a good idea of what prices are because you can see what everything else just recently sold for. right? And so for me... If you know those four things, and if investor knows all those four things, and there shouldn't be any risk into going and buying an investment property. Yeah. I tell a lot of my investors that I want my investments to be boring and my life to be exciting, not the other way around. <laughs> That's a great line. That's yeah. a great line. Okay, so they're sitting at home thinking, I'm thinking about buying an investment property, but... There's a part of their mind that's in there going, well, why don't I just wait until prices drop a little bit lower? Is that what you're finding? Or like, what's their biggest reluctance? Is it just the uncertainty of the market or they don't know what to do? A lot of it's not knowing what to do. Uh, uncertainty will definitely play a, play a part in that. Um, but if we look at any, usually I'll look at any 10-year period. And even like when we had uh, issues 2009, um, even if we're looking in less than a 10-year span from there, we've still seen the the market go back up from where where we've had some some historic like lows in a short period of time. So I, I kind of like to tell clients that we're we're again we're looking at this over a long-term picture, and we're doing a smart evaluation as we're looking to see the whole picture, not just a very short blip on the radar. And um, yeah, if we're if we're doing it strategically and we're looking at the numbers. If it's a cash flowing unit, um, we're we're normally going to be doing well with uh, our principal pay down, the uh, like active appreciation or principal appreciation on the property, and we're getting that uh, uh, the mortgage is being paid down by those tenants, right? So we're we're winning in a couple different categories. Is it's not always just the uh, the price of the property that we're we're concerned with, right? Right. Well, because there's so many different returns, as you were talking about, right? Um, the yeah. biggest return, I think, is that cash-on-cash cash return, like that, you know, the return on your down payment. Yeah. And if people really understood just that number alone, that when you've got a cash-flowing property, um, and not only do you have the mortgage pay down, uh, the principal pay down, but you've got the return on the cash on the on your down payment – most of the people I know who have investment properties are probably getting anywhere from a 17 to 28% return on their down payment, right? Yes, yeah. Annually. Now, how many people in your marketplace know that? Very little. They, a lot of them don't realize the, the power and the leverage that we have with, with real estate lending. Because, um, yeah, they're seeing, um, oh, well, I put $100,000 into this property it's I've only got five thousand dollars back. Well, they don't realize that they're like the amount of leverage that has been put on the property with a hundred thousand dollars. So you can buy a four hundred thousand dollar property 
And if it appreciates by 6%, the, we're normally seeing 20, 25% returns on, uh, on the actual money that was invested. So right. um, the, the understanding behind the leverage aspect, I think is the biggest uh, myth or misconception that most people are dealing with today. Right. So, and even if we didn't have that 16% appreciation, we'd still have 19%, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which is better than anything else and it's totally one of the most safest liquid investments that you have right like it's it's phenomenal okay so now the question becomes how do we like what is the bait or what's the lure that we should use in order to get those invisible prospects right now to put up their hand and become visible prospects because you'll find that the deeper you go into your niche and the more unique wisdom that you've collected in there um this information can't be Googled, and it forces someone, instead of looking online for that answer, it forces someone to come to you, and then you actually go into what we call lead receiving business instead of lead generation business. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So where, so of those, you know, have you sold many investment properties lately, and like where did you get those leads from? Um, the majority of the leads that we've uh, we've seen so far have been for sale by owner. Uh, clients that they've been trying to sell their property privately and a lot of them are either novice or not really sure what they're doing and, and when we can put together a, a spreadsheet um, I've actually had a couple of clients that after I put a spreadsheet together and they realize how much money the property is making them um, they've almost been reluctant to sell because they realize oh I'm actually getting a, a 25 or 28% return on on the property. Why would I get rid of this? So I, I've I've had the other case where I've had a client that was ready to sell their property. They realized how much money they were making on it. We refinanced and we ended up purchasing them another property instead of selling. Right. So it, it's kind of worked on the other side of the scale as we, I kind of approached them as a, a sales side, and um, yeah, we ended up purchasing another property. Well, that's the game, isn't it? Like uh, the game is, you know, you make so much money on your first one um, that you can refinance it and then buy your next one and then just keep refinancing. And that's, if you look at how most people have built their long-term wealth, it's like they're usually by just refinancing their properties and taking equity out and buying something else, right? Yeah. Yeah. So cool. that's, that's exactly what my wife and I have done and it, it's been working very well for us. Right. So I know. Um, so have you done any seminars to get these people, or you just attract them directly? Is that your, how do? How uh, yeah, we've people? we've done some we've done some seminars, do a fair bit of networking events. Um, we're, right now, we're in the process of trying to put together um, a whole team that's that's well rounded because we were finding a lot of investors today um, want to see those returns, but don't want to put the effort in. Of dealing with tenants, finding properties, dealing with any of the day-to-day -day aspects of it, where if we can put basically a completely passive um, system together for them, that they're basically just putting in the the down payment money and any uh, capital costs that could be associated within the first six months to a year, and we can cover everything else from finding the tenants, basically doing all the property management, finding the properties, doing the numbers to making sure that the returns are going to be best for that property. Um, that's where we've found a lot of clients are, are getting very serious and interested into it, and they'd much rather take their money out of other money markets and invest in real estate if we're able to do it as almost a completely passive uh, investment source for them. Yeah. 
That's the secret. And the, the way that you're going to win the game of becoming like the top investment agent in there is by reverse engineering and planning everything from the consumer's point of view, which sounds like you're doing anyway, right? Is like yeah. you're creating a wall of value that's so high that it's not only will I find you the property, but I'm going to property manage it and that'll be another company, another stream of income for you. Then you got your repair division, which is another company for you and another stream of income for you. But more importantly, and I would probably tell you, you know, you talked about getting another agent. I wonder if you were to bring on like one, two or three rental agents right now. Then they were brand new agents who all they did was 50 or 60 rentals a year. Yeah. And I'll tell you why that's so important to you, because those 50, 60, 70 or 80 rentals a year in, in Kitchener, do a lot of the rentals go on MLS or are they non MLS? Um, a lot of them are on the, the private markets, but we are seeing a little bit more of an increase, I believe, in, in, in rentals being put onto, but it's usually the higher end properties. There's a lot of new builds um, right. that are now being put onto, uh, onto the MLS system and, and being broadcast that way. Right. Okay. Because the big solution you're really trying to solve is not only do you have the property management and the repair, because other people can do that. But if you had the rentals and all the renters and you had a list of 200 renters and you know when their leases were coming up and you knew that you could go to these people who had investment properties and say, listen, I've already got 200 people. I know when their leases are coming up and I can be moving people in and out of your properties whenever you want them to. Yeah. And here's the next thing I would tell you to do. I think you should um, – if you can figure that model out, which I think you can, um, what – I would suggest you do is this is you approach people and you say, okay, listen, here's my solution. I'm going to find you the investment property. You're putting the down payment down. I'm going to manage it. I'm going to repair it and I'm going to rent it out for you. And we are going to share the growth. And what that means is when it comes time for you to sell your investment property, you're going to get your initial down payment back. And then we're 50 50 on the capital gain of that property. Correct. Yeah, we've got some joint venture agreements and stuff like that in the in the works currently, exactly in those terms. Without you putting any money down? Yes, correct. Okay, yeah, because that's the big game. The game is if I'm going to actually, and now you can set your standards, right? The best thing about doing this is the more, you know, the more value you add, the higher you can raise your standards. And if people don't fit inside your box, then they just don't fit inside your box, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's switch because I know we just got a couple of minutes left here. Um, these calls go by pretty quick. Um, oh, yeah. Is how do we get more people into your world right now? So um, I think number one, I would honestly think about creating a Facebook page called The Secret MLS of Investment Properties in Kitchener. Okay. The Secret MLS of Investment Properties in Kitchener. And what you're going to do is you're going to offer some of those for sale by owners an opportunity to come in and be advertising on that in into that property. Because what everyone else is doing is they're working with agents in, in um, what am I saying, Windsor and Kitchener rather. Um, uh, what they're doing is they're working with another agent and that agent is mostly relying on the MLS for residential investment properties. You know, I know the commercial investment properties are rarely on MLS are the good ones, but yeah. the residential ones are always on MLS. Is that correct? Yeah. 
So what if you could create almost this world where you start to triangulate the sales? So you position yourself in the middle and you have a whole bunch of buyers who you're going to get through doing seminars, through Kijiji ads, through um, uh, video testimonials, a lot more digital advertising, which we'll talk about in a second. And now you get 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 buyers built up in your pocket, basically. And then we're going to go after the FISBO market, and now you're going to play market matchmaker. And you're going to approach the for sale by owners and say, I have 52 investment buyers who are thinking about buying an investment property. And if you don't want the muss or the fuss, and I'm not just like your regular agent coming here trying to convince you to list with me and tell you what an idiot you are, but I truly have the 52 buyers that, that are ready, willing, and eager to find your property. And I have a platform called The Secret MLS on Facebook, which I want to feature your property on. Could you do that? Yeah. Yeah, that could be a great source of, of business. Yeah. And then what you do is you then get your admin person to pull up all the people who own all of the investment properties in the target areas you want to, who are not, not on MLS or not FISBO yet. And then you send them a letter that says, hi, it's uh, Owen. I currently am working with 52 buyers who are looking to buy investment properties. If you don't want the muss and the fuss of putting your house on MLS and disrupting tenants and all the hassle that that can cause, um, I have a platform that will uh, where I can bring those buyers to your property directly. So yeah. once we target those um, sellers, let's imagine that 20 or 30 or 40 of them put up their hand and say, yeah, I might be interested in doing that, right? Yeah. So then we do a, a targeted blast or add back to buyers and saying, do you know that there's a secret MLS for investment properties? A lot of investors don't want to put their place in the market or tell their 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 tenants that they're moving for fear or that they're selling for the fear that they're going to move out and lose the value of their um, asset. So if you'd like to be involved in the secret MLS, and these are properties that never go on the market, um, let me know, and then you get more buyers to sign up. Do you see where we're going with this? Yeah. Does it make any sense? Yeah, it's not. kind of a revolving, revolving loop. Well, yeah, you're you're marketing the buyers out against to, to the sellers, saying I've got 50 buyers, and then those sellers put up their hand, and then all the people who put up their hand, you market back to the buyers again. And you yeah. be the kingmaker right in the triangle. And then the worst case scenario for you is if you can't make that matchmaker connection, that you then put it on MLS to sell. Yeah. And now yeah, you're a market kind of maker. Yeah. yeah, now you're a market maker instead of the market taker. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Like, I sound more excited about it than you are right now. I'm just, <laughs> <wondering>. <laughs> just letting it all soak, soak in. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, no, I really like that. Yeah, like, it's it's more about creating the secret MLS because what you're trying to do in your niche is create so much value and that only you have it that people have to come to you. Yeah. And you use that niche and the naming of the niche as a way to attract the people that you want to get into your niche. Now, you can have, we don't have a lot more time on, on this call, but there's so many other pillars that you could work around this. Like one of them is 
you know, sit there and just think of the mid-40s person. What's their biggest fear? Well, my fear is I've got a job. I'm entering the midpoint of my career. Um, in the, I see all my people and bosses above me as they get to their early 50s, get turfed out of the company for cheaper labor, right? Yeah. Number two is I've got two kids who want to go to university. I don't have enough money. Like with taxes and everything, I don't have enough to actually save all that. So I'm looking for a way. Could I buy two investment properties, one for each of them, that will be paid off by the time they go to university? Right. Um, how do I, um, you know, I don't want to have all the stock markets at the very top of the market right now. I don't want to put my money in there. I don't even really understand it. Um, but every dollar I've ever put into my RSP is probably what my RSP is worth today, you know, despite because of all the fees. So these are the real pain points for those people. And it's your, the way you do it is you just go and get into their head. And if you can't get into their head, then you go talk to more mid forties investors and say, you know, what's keeping you up at night? Like what's your biggest, you know, kind of fears Uh, and they'll tell you. And then that becomes the the bait that we actually just give it right back to them again, right? So then you do a special report, and it's going to be targeted to um, um, it would be um, special report for investors in their mid forties in Kitchener. Okay, so narrow, right? But <laughs> who's going to want that report? Yeah, right. Everyone like a friend of mine. That. Yeah, it's like a friend of mine, Dean Jackson, who runs like 90-minute books. And one of the books that they did was called The Cosmetic Surgeon's Spouse's Guide to Building Wealth. Right? Like, well, who wants <laughs> that book, right? Specific. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing that most agents don't understand. It's the more laser your focus is, the more people go, oh, I want that, instead of, um, you know, free CMA, you know, which doesn't mean anything. Yeah, they're seeing that on every street corner and bus and everyone that calls them, yeah, as if you point it right into them, it's like, oh, that person's talking directly to me. Right. And then he, and then I'm just going to give you one more tip and then we'll wrap up because we're almost, we're over 30 minutes already, Owen. But um, what, okay, what do you say when people say to you, um, you meet them at a party or socially and people say, what do you do? What's your answer? Um, normally my response is, uh, I run a real estate business that focuses on in uh, real estate investing. Awesome. So are you open to coaching on just giving you some just different language that'll help you get more targeted referrals from those people that you talk to? Absolutely. Okay. So ask me the question. We met at a party and you just say to me, Hey, Owen, what do you do? Hey, uh, hey Glenn, what do you, uh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm in real estate, and I specialize in helping um, families. Um, usually, the parents are in their mid 40s, build wealth for their kids to go to get. Um, sorry, I'll go back. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I'm thinking I'm you right now instead of thinking I'm me. But so because I'm trying to almost coach you at the same time and answer your question. But let me just put it this way: the yeah. more specific, fact-based your answer is the more chance you have of getting referrals. So I would answer the question is, oh, I'm in real estate and I focus on building wealth for people through investing in real estate. My focus is really people in their mid-40s who are worried about maybe losing their job 
or um, funding their kids' education or worried about investing in the stock market. I recently helped someone who was so afraid about getting their first investment property because they didn't want to be a landlord find their first property. We bought it for X amount of dollars. Um, we were able to refinance that property like three years later. Now he has another property. So now he's got two properties already for his kids. And I could go on and on and on, right? My point is this, yeah. Owen, is we learn by stories and metaphors. And the yeah. more you can use fact-based, I helped somebody do this. This is what happened. This was the result. I have another investment property right now, um, but I don't have any clients for it. Who do you know who's thinking about buying their first investment property? That magic right. language will yeah. help, will trigger a referral. And and I learned this through Joe Stump many years ago, but the, the, the point was the more specific the ask for the referral, the better chance you have. And I'll just yeah. do, say a few more words and then we'll wrap. But it's like me saying to you, Owen, who do you know who's getting married this year? Yeah. And did you know, see how quickly a name? What's yeah. that? Yeah, no, yeah I've, right. I've got someone pictured already, yeah. Right. Instead of me saying, hey, Owen, who's thinking about buying or selling? Yeah. So the more yeah, specific. Yeah, very open. Yeah. 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 So the more specific okay. you are on that, it's the better way to lead generate. And then when you're doing that, what you'll find is you'll only get your referrals that you're going to get will mostly be just right into your niche market. And then the final thing I would tell you to do is build is probably build the Kitchener Wealth Building Club. And that's going to be a meetup group that's going to meet the fourth Thursday of every month to have some beer and talk about investing. Awesome. And then start marketing towards that. Isn't that fun? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, do you have any questions right now before we wrap up? Or? Um, Probably just see if we can at least meet up next year to see if I've doubled or tripled my wealth um, yeah. or income by, by then. By I'd using love to. Some of these tips. <laughs> I have no doubt that um, that you're certainly going to do it, and I think it's going to be fantastic. So I'm going to say bye to you now so everyone can hear me saying bye, but Owen, just stay on the line for like two seconds, okay? But Sounds thanks good. a million for joining me. Okay. Thanks a lot.